looking at the number one California, here we come Right back where we started from Hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow is a ton Driving down the 101 California, here we come Right back where we started from California Welcome to the LCD, bitch The show where we're taking in-depth episode by episode Seminal and underrated primetime soap opera, the early aughts, and then mostly talk about Odyssey and Odysseus' adventures, and Ryan compares his life to that. I'm your host, Mike, and now Ryan. Ryan? Malpisode. Uh, another one. I think it was mostly the other one. Very few episodes of the OC, ladies and gentlemen, have taken over three episodes of the mm. OCD. And the Rager. The... It's going to rage. And look, I don't want to set precedent here, but... I, I, I might prepare for this I'm, because from here on out, season two of the OC is the single greatest TV uh, accomplishment in the history of mankind. Wow. Other Not animals. In the history of TV. It goes beyond that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other animals may have done TV better than this, but not man. This is, this is the best that we have ever done. This is what? like Steven Botchko up in here. Oh, my goodness. What, how's it compared to like other mankind's entertainment? Like Plato's Shadows in a Cave. Uh, if he had done a bunch of them, and then at the uh, on the last of like Shadows in a Cave Part Five, they had Imogene Heap. Then yeah, maybe it could compare, but well, it does not. It didn't have Imogene Heap, but it had the reveal that motherfucker, there's a whole world out there. All you knew is the cave, but there's a world, which I guess is the Imogene Heap of the time. Plus, I like the OC because it reveals there's not a whole world out there. <laughs> this it's just this. This is it's all we all care about. Is this, this like tiny four block area of the country i know a lot of shows are like this but i was just gonna say it is very much a bottle episode of a show like nothing exists beyond the county lines <laughs> no yeah. every once in a while uh what is it not tiernanog but that town that rolls in and out every hundred years and you get stuck in it uh that's what the oc is like they're the Truman show out, town. They're, they're they're allowed out every three months t- for a day and then they are cursed to go back to barovia who do you think is the Ed Harris watching over all of this, like in the Truman Show, and like lifting the walls up so they can get to Tijuana? Uncle Sean. <laughs> Man, that guy's got his fingers in every fucking meat pie possible. <laughs> he just wants to come in every once in a while to like really shake it up. Like I'm sure when Truman was a kid, Ed Harris would show up as like the wacky babysitter. <laughs> and put his fingers in that pie. And put his finger, but and still talk like a fucking Werner Herzog ripoff. Man, Uncle Sean. Uncle Sean, God, is he the Joey? Is he the Fraser? Is he the spinoff that we need? Yes. I mean, it's great because Uncle is the worst kind of family member to have or be, and Sean is the worst kind of name to have in the world, and he's just all the worst. And then Sean. I want Uncle Sean and Bulldog to be roommates together. Bulldog from Riverdale? No, Bulldog from Fraser. Oh, shit. <laughs> you mean the guy who's on the Netflix freeze frame in between episodes? <laughs> That's the one you're Bulldog, talking about? I mean. The star of Frasier, Bulldog. Man, you are you're such a supportive partner and friend. <laughs> I let you think the world knows what you're talking about. Every time I do a thing, you're like, uh, man, that is so like everyone's gonna understand this for sure. Everyone is going to think this is exactly as funny as you think, if not more. And I put a thing about Bulldog on Frasier, and I think that you tried. I think that you tried, uh, but it was so obvious that you were like, what the fuck, dude? Why? What, <laughs> do you really think that this is the content that our Twitter feed needs? I think you think that, and that's what you need. And your doctors have been talking to me off air uh, about what you need, and it's just, it's just unconditional support. 
Okay, but those same doctors, every time I leave a room, they mouth at me, go Bulldog. So who's the crazy one? Did you, When you saw Shutter Island, were you afraid that it was a documentary about your life? Hey, fucking asshole who pays attention to all of my life. I've seen every Martin Scorsese movie except for one. Okay. So, I, so when you say when you watch Shutter Island, the actual answer is I've never fucking seen it. Or is that the bit? Because you just said how supportive I was, and I was showing you I don't care that much. <laughs> Good bit. <laughs> this is a, this is a bit that all child psychiatrists should play with their with their patients. Look, I'm not a psychiatrist, and you're not a child, so I'm allowed to be as mean to you as I want. That's I guess Democratic oath. I guess those are the rules of meanness. Those are the rules of meanness. Not enough people have been talking about. We're throwing out like values and and ethics and rules, but the rules of meanness have been forgotten for too long. Number one, be mean. <laughs> ABM, two, baby. Be mean again. Uh, Ryan, what did we talk about last episode? Number one rule is ABM, always be mean. Number two is ABM, <laughs> leave it on their pillow. One BM. That's pretty mean. That's fucking mean. That's deranged. Uh, what we talked about last episode sure. was how Seth and uh, Summer are in a little bit of a tiff because Reed is a woman. Reed mm-hmm. is trying to hook Zach and, up, Zach and Seth up with a comic book. Uh, and then what we talked about two times ago yeah, was Sandy and Kirsten Carter and how this little love square may not work. And even more than that, we talked about Trey's 21st birthday. Oh, but, the oh, rager of the title. The rager of the title. But uh, away from all of that, almost not intersecting at all with anybody else's story because she's just on her own kind of bender, is Julie running into Lance. But first, a break. Ryan, Julie's got a gun, and it's hidden in a jewelry box, and what is she going to do with it? Uh, I'm going to say, make it into a necklace and wear it around her neck. One of those sweet gun necklaces that people are super into in the early 2000s. It's weird that nobody talks about that. So we have talked at length over the last three weeks that we've spent talking about this episode, how this starts off so good for Julie. She comes in, she finds out she's not on the cover of Newport Living, and she handles it like a fucking champ. She's like, you know what? Good for business. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Well, that's right. She just got back from Italy. Then she uh, talks to Marissa in the best mother-daughter talk that they've had for a really long time. And I feel like Julie is on the up and up. And then she goes a little haywire. Well, yeah, she's smiling at everybody. So the minute she's alone, she grimaces, opens a secret jewelry box, and there's like a gold-plated gun in there. Because apparently... And this is for Julie. This is not for me or you. But apparently, if someone sabotages your big Newport party by showing you in a porno, you don't get over that very quickly. And you go find a gun. I think I relate to that. But it's not go find a gun. It's how long has Julie sat on this gun? Is it once Jimmy left? Has she had it since Riverside? Is every kid when they turn 13 given a gun? Like some sort of dirtbag Kinsiera? I would say the best time to like sit on the fact that you have a gun is after you fire it. Because it then like it warms up your butt and you feel warms so up much your cold better. Little tush. <laughs> yeah, my tush is always cold. Do you often suffer from cold tush? Some people it's their limbs, but yours is all the cold butt. Yeah, that is a side effect, by the way, from the medication I'm taking. Uh, holes in pants. Hmm. No, I hate Medical that. Medical names I, are so weird. I hate that reaction. <laughs> so, uh, Julie, I'm gonna find a I, gun <laughs> and sit on it, Potsy. Julie finds Lance at some bar, uh, and she pulls out the gun right away. Uh, and he's like, what's that? And she says, it's a gun genius. You use it to shoot people you want to kill. See, again, like <laughs> classic Julie episode. Uh, 
But then she does like the click, click, boom, but there's no boom. She did it just to scare the piss out of him. Just in case you thought that this was already a good Julie episode, she knows that she can't actually murder a human being. So she takes the bullets out. She watches Lance sweat, fires at him, click, click, and then says, I just wanted you to feel like your life was over, like you made me feel. And I'm like, girl, I've, I have not been in your corner for like a season and a half, Julie. You are killing it this episode. There's, yeah. there's almost no way that you can fuck this up, Julie. There's almost no way that you can get me off your side. Just, just keep on doing what you're doing. Shove that empty gun in a lot of people's faces. Put that gun back in your purse and leave the hotel room and drive home and feel like this is an accomplished night and you did something. But then she gets her porno in the mail. Like it's secret FedExed to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like a note that Lance wants to give Julie all the tapes. Uh, even though he was after, offered $8,500 for those tapes. Is that a lot? $8,500 for Lance? Lance? Well, for Lance, I'm, no. I know that's a lot. Lance, I mean, that would be... That's enough money to put the perfect Lance tattoo on his body. Something like that crawls up the neck from your shirt that says, like, I love Cool Ranch Doritos. That's the kind of thing that he would spend $8,500 on. I would, too. <laughs> Listeners, we raise that money. I get that next week. Hey, Cool Ranch fans out there. Number one, your chips suck. It's yeah, the worst kind of chip. Who's a fan of that? Number two, you can and you should go through life just eating the Cool Ranch Doritos and not letting everyone know about it. They're fucking worse than vegans. I was going to say, yeah, everybody really shits on like CrossFitters and vegans, but it's the goddamn Cool Ranch lobby that never shuts up. If you liked them just because you liked them, then you could just eat them in your living room. I was going to say dining room. <laughs> can you imagine sitting down in a chair, <laughs> light a candle, having Put a nice- a napkin on your lap. <laughs> Have a nice way to Cool Ranch. But no, you can just enjoy them and not tell everybody about it. But these Cool Ranch freaks, that's all they want to talk about. Look, I love mixing Funyuns and Bugles and dipping them in cream cheese, and I never tell it to anybody. I know what I'm supposed to be ashamed of. I love opening a bag of uh, tortilla chips, and it's like somebody was about to puke and then put their hand over it so it sprinkled everywhere. And then puked, uh, and so like a little, like little sparkles of puke got over every single chip and then eating those chips. Yeah, no, I get why you would love Cool Ranch Doritos. So that's what Julie's going through right now. Uh, they meet up at a bar. Lance gives her the tapes, tells her that Caleb beat the shit out of him. Offered, uh, said he was gonna offered to kill him, uh, and then said, "Jules, I never meant to hurt you, honestly." Now let's go through this here. Let's go through all the steps. Um, at this bar, the liquor starts flowing, the mm. music starts playing, and Julie is going back to her past, a past that. She has all but denied up until this point, right? Mm-hmm. And then also, Lance is honest with her. And this is probably right. the first time Lance has, anyone has ever been honest with her in decades. Just straight up says, here's my plan. Yes, it was evil, but it's not the exact evil that you think. And Julie says, oh, shit. Is Julie 100% in the wrong here for then probably hooking up with this gentleman? Yes, because he says, I never meant to hurt you. Fuck you. The whole thing was to hurt her. Uh, and then he's like, you know how I get. I get hot-headed sometimes when I get screwed over. But he got screwed over trying to screw over somebody else. That's the whole, I hate the henchmen who are like, they're running away. Now I really want to hurt them. There's, there's a shitty kind of mentality these kinds of people have, Ryan. In last week's episode, we talked a lot about Zach's soap opera Enes. And was that okay? In this episode... Do you buy what Julie is doing, or do you think this is like poor writing and poor characterization? No, I buy it. Like all, all of this, she is on an emotional roller coaster because it comes out. She says, tells Lance to buy her a drink, uh, and drunk Julie loves White Snake. 
uh, they start dancing to White Snake. I just wonder, uh, do you have that thing where like once an enemy, always an enemy? I- am I wrong for saying that? Like, hey, you play a porno at my big premiere party. I'm never gonna be friends with you. Or is Julie right for saying like there's such a thing as forgiveness and this is gonna be fine? Oh, Julie's the Jesus Christ of the OC. <laughs> I think so. Julie Cooper, JC. Porno cheek. It's all connected, man. Uh, and then she spills while they're dancing that Caleb is going to divorce her, and that's what I think all of all of her decisions this episode is spinning out that she thought she had control of her life and it spun out instead of blaming Lance, uh, who really started all of it, she is blaming Caleb, who's you know not a great guy. I'm not trying to defend Caleb, and I'm not trying to defend Lance. Let let me make that clear. I do not <laughs> think that Lance is somebody you should model your life after. I'm just saying that I can see in this moment right now that this is the first time that these two people, based on their life choices, have gotten like a moment of honesty and like earnestness for years. And I think that they're, it's not, they know they're not making good choices, but you don't want the moment to end because then it's back to being fake and, oh, I love you and I'm a noopsie and blah, blah. I think it's pretty similar to last episode you talked about uh, Seth being shitty with Reed in the beginning, and then he took it too far, but like, well, I like being complimented and flirted with, so I just want to sit on this. Right. A little, like you can fall in love for a day or whatever, and it, it is like you get caught up in that little moment. Uh, Lance takes the moment too far because he says, uh, "She's like, Keb's gonna divorce me. My life will be ruined." He says, "What if something was to happen to Caleb?" <laughs> yeah, dude, you don't always have to. <laughs> what? Just don't. And then, and this is the second. Like Jimmy has said stuff like this, and this is so soap opery, and it's just the classic OC. He says, "19 years ago, when you left me for that guy, Jimmy, uh, it felt like my life stopped." Julie met Jimmy when they were 18? Yes, yes. So Lance has hung on to something. If you if you remembered anything that happened to you when you were 17, I'd be worried for you and call the cops. No, yeah. I mean, like, I, it's that's it's such a sign of creepiness. And, like, and also other ruined lives. You know there's, like, 10 other girls in the meantime who have fallen in love with Lance because of his mm-hmm. handsomeness and life choices. That And, and that sweet tattoo. They were, gonna get someday. <laughs> they were never loved. I bet all... Of the people who work at the 800 number for uh, Doritos Cool Ranch flavor have fallen in love with him because of how often he calls that number. Wait, he calls just to tell them how great they're doing. <laughs> and maybe ask them what they're wearing. <laughs> you look like you were going to say something else. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. I like Mike, we have to have a limit on how much we talk about Cool Ranch. And I just wanted <laughs> to. We? I, we haven't read I, I wanted to talk about more, but I have nothing. But no, uh, Julie's. The other thing, too, that's going on here is that, like, do you remember the first time you farted in front of your wife and how it was just, like, normal? Tomorrow. <laughs> oh At noon. I have an alarm set. Do you, do you have a calendar on your wall with the day circled uh-huh. in red? She doesn't know what it means yet. It's just, for us, farting for us is Riverside for Julie. And the fact that they could just be like this, I think, is so, so important. <laughs> so he says, if something happened to Cal... She says, are you serious? And he's like, if getting rid of Caleb means you and your daughters get taken care of, I'll do it. Motherfucker, they're the richest family in Newport. They're already taken care of. Yeah. What do you mean? I will kill him and get more in the will. I don't know what. Yeah, does he think now he will move into that giant house with them? Plus, this is the eighth time that Lance has said it. Like, Julie at one point was like, oh, I ordered seven shots of Southern Comfort. <laughs> and... Uh, he only brought six, and Lance was like, what if something was to happen to that bartender? It'll take care of your daughters. 
I'll take care of your daughters. Hey, Lance, never say I'll take care of your daughters. <laughs> yeah, please fucking stop. Also, I just do love that Lance is the first person in years to remember that she has two. So at least it shows he cares more than even she does. You know what? Lance is such a fuck. Lance is a chud. Lance is a dum dum. Lance is basically what? Gumby. But he likes Julie for the actual Julie instead of the noopsie she's trying to be. And mm-hmm. how much more does Julie need at this moment in her life? Right, just in true, pure, gross Riverside love? Yeah. All right, Ryan, we have to stop. We've talked about everything we could talk about. We're going to take a break when we come back. Wait, did they fuck, though? They fucked. Okay, they fucked. Okay. Time for the awards. Ryan, it's time for the Oxars. First up is the magical musical momentical of the week. I've got a lot here, Mike. Mm -hmm. I want... Oh, wait, are you asking me to go, or did you want to go first? No, you always go first. Everything we talked about in this particular episode feels like that it should go to White Snakes. Here I go again. Mm-hmm. The the national anthem of Riverside. But but I can't do, I can't do it because at the Rager, the main song that we heard was Technologic by Daft Punk. In the background, also we heard LCD sound system. Daft Punk is playing at my house, <laughs> and for one episode of TV. To play both of those songs, it needs to be rewarded. Is that actually the funniest thing Josh Schwartz has ever done? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> you know, I was going to fight you and say it has to be White Snake or Every Rose Has Its Thorn, but I'll, I'll give it to you. That That is a funny, subtle-ass joke. So the magical musical moco of the week is a tie between <laughs> Daft Punk's Technological and yeah, LCD Sound a- Systems. Daft Punk is playing at my house. Technologic is the one that's like, feel it, fuck it, fuck it, rob it, bop it, bop it, pass it, give it. Yeah, those commercials and toy were dirty. Uh, next up is Sandy Wisdom. Sandy Wisdom, there was not a lot of options here. Sandy tried to stay away from the kids in this episode. Um, but I'm going to give the Sandy Wisdom to uh, Carter comes into the office in the beginning and says, oh, I think I'm about to get sued by this like very evil Trump-like person. And the, the, like, the smile that Sandy gets... He has a glow about him, and he's like, let's burn that motherfucker <laughs> to the ground. I like that. Uh, mine is, it's in the, the very beginning in the breakfast nook, and Trey and Ryan are, are beefing, and Sandy's like, I don't want to know what it's about. He's like, I don't care who's wrong, but one of you has to make the first move to make up. Yeah, good call. Good call. Mine's better. Orange Couture. <laughs> All right, are you keeping track of this? Do you want? Do you have a point for you, then? Mm-hmm. One for you, okay. one for me. Uh. Orange Couture, we talk about the girls so often with this award. And I want to give it to Seth, who wins so few positive awards. Um, Seth, at the beginning of this episode, is wearing a polo shirt that has uh, horizontal stripes that is long-sleeved and then has a pocket and then has a little logo on it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's perfect. And it's also, I think it's perfect because it's a little bit retro, but now it's out. But I would like it to become retro again. Like, I want the cycle to you come back to because it's, it's most of my clothes, and I would like it back. See, it feels very unseth to wear. That, that feels very water polo team to me. Yes, it does. But I think that our, 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 their rich nerds dress like our water polo players. Okay. You know? And so their water, water polo players are wearing, like, tuxedos Just and tuxedos. hoverboards. <laughs> They're wearing their hoverboards. Uh, my orange couture, uh, it's a Buddha smoking vag tat. There's nothing that's more trashy Orange County than that. Also, fashion can be permanent, baby. Yeah, that's, Why don't that's you get that fashion tattooed right on fashion. you? So you fucking won that one too? No, I'll give it to you as a gimme. Oh, thanks, bud. What's your comics connection? 
This is a big one. This is an obvious one. Um, I think it has to go to the Bendisi thing, but I do want to point out that uh, when Zach and Seth got back from the Reed meeting, they couldn't believe all of our comic book opinions. Mm-hmm. That a girl would have correct comic book opinions. Think about all the words I use in that sentence. And uh, Seth brings up that Iron Man's armor is better than his ultimate armor. So like 616 Iron Man is better than ultimate Iron Man. And then also, then Zach talks, and he talks about the fight between Cyclops versus Storm. And I don't know, I don't know if the actor has a speech impediment, but he says Cyclops totally fine. By the way, Cyclops a character in the Odyssey. That's weird. But then cannot say Storm says storm, storm as hard as he can. <laughs> Maybe he just got off like a Billy Madison binge. <laughs> so every S word was schwan. Yours was more detailed. I'll give that to you. Mine is just a Brian Michael Bendis call out. Fuck you. Atwood's got Atwood. But in this episode, though, he's called Brian Bendis, which is weird to me. You know, it's like saying Michael Fox was in Family Ties. Oh, I'd hate whoever but, who said that in the throat. Yeah, it's Brian Michael Bendis. Michael Fox played Alex Keaton. All of that sounds wrong. Yeah. I love that writer that he had in his contract where I have a middle initial and I will only play a character who also has a middle I'm initial. I'm a J and I need to pee. <laughs> Look, the fact that we can change the letter is enough acting for me. Do you have an Atwood? Has got an Atwood. For me, this one is so very clear. Trey, we talked about this two episodes ago. Trey offers his hand out and says, Look, man, I'm sorry. I have only fucked up seven times in the last week and a half. You got to admit, that's pretty good. And puts his hand out to shake. And Atwood has the ability that none of us do to just shine it on and keep moving on. We would all, as much as we hated that person, we would shake their hand because we're cowards. And he just walks past it. Uh, I have two. Uh, There's two Atwood, typical Atwood behaviors on display. Uh, Following Trey and barging to his house, uh, throwing him against the wall before you have any of the information is very dumb Atwood. Oh, but then... And then uh, Trey is season one Atwood's gonna Atwood, where he takes the hit for the whole house party, even though it's not his. That is... That's so Atwood. That's That's in the bloodline. That's in the DNA. But what I thought we were gonna say is that... We talked about this two weeks ago, too. When Trey Trey says, like, oh, just so you know, I did this because of this. Uh, It was a present for you. And then pushes uh, Ryan out. And then Ryan goes like, what? (laughs) As the door slams. That's the Atwoodiest shit of all time. Finally, our favorite award. Why don't you pour another one, Kirsten? My God, this is another gimme because uh, Kirsten has to see that Carter is going to go on a date in her house in front of her with a very attractive, very up-and-coming woman named Erin, and she fucking dumps as much wine and vodka into her glass as possible. Well, they all go to the patio, and she says, you all go look at the sun. I'll bring the wine. <laughs> and that's the <laughs> biggest fucking big gulp. And why would she say, everyone go look at Seth? <laughs> Go look at Sun. Seth's just drooling in the fucking pool. That's not going to make Seth feel more comfortable if you send three adults <laughs> I mean, into his room. <laughs> I get why he is the way he is. He doesn't have a good yeah. upbringing. And Kirsten, you could have sent them to so many other rooms in your big, beautiful house. Nope. <laughs> sent them right up to look just at Sun. Look at Sun and Captain Oates. Thank you for listening to me, Ryan. Thank you to listening to us, listeners. Thank you to the Holophonics. Thank you for reading the next commercial, Ryan. Please make sure that you go to yourpopfilter.com where you get all of your pop filter needs, unless you want like actual pop filters for your microphone. We don't have pop filters with the pop filter logo on it, but I do think that oh we should God. look into that. <laughs> Why is it taking this long to say that? 
Yourpopfilter.com. Uh, do you know where it does have pop filters? Not with the logo yet. Is yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Buy all your pop filters. It's where we get ours. Uh, you can also help us out by going to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Pick a tier. Eat a tier. <laughs> shed a tear. That's Cry the, in a shed. That's the actual. Uh, Ryan, what else could they listen to? Make sure that you're listening to Movie of the Year, which has me and Mike on it. Oh, great. Is that? That's it, right? Some asshole makes us fight a lot. Me and you, yeah. Somebody says that OCD is stupid because uh, we're not put in a pit to like claw at each other. So they do. He does that, but it's about movies. Movie and then movie. also make sure that you're listening to the Superhero Hour Hour, where we talk about every TV show based on a comic book or comic book property. Follow us wherever you follow people at your pop filter. Contact at yourpopfilter.com. If you are super pro Seth and anti Zach and Ryan Atwood, email us and you are now the third host of this show because you have some strong, weird opinions. If you think that the Odyssey should not be taught in schools, give us a call. You want to ban that old ass book? Uh, that's the show for this week. Ryan, do you want to hear what's going on next week? I would love to, motherfucker. Sandy, Ryan, and Seth devise a plan to save Trey from going to jail after he takes the fall for supplying drugs at his own birthday party. Meanwhile, Kirsten Carter, fulfilling more than their more than their editorial duties, take a trip to Featherbrook's Winery for a wine tasting party. Mean, meanwhile, Caleb returns home from another long business trip and questions his marriage with Julie. That's a lot of exciting shit, there, Mike. <laughs> what is more than their editorial duties? They're also doing layout. Oh man, I'm so nervous that I might hook up with this guy. Let's go to a Let's fucking winery. To a wine party. Nothing ever happens there. Until then, stay gay, dads, and get me those Green Lantern JPEGs. Late trouble. California. California.